We've got to lead off today with some breaking news, some important breaking news. Are you ready for this? Uh, yeah, I think my mic's on, everything's working. Yeah, you Because I would hate to not be able to respond immediately. All right. This is, I know this is something of uh, just, our, our listeners are probably already know this, but we've got to lead with this. This is uh, from the IDSA, that is the Infectious Disease Society of America. I believe I got that correct. Quote, this is from Twitter slash X from a few days ago. So breaking news from a few days ago. Congratulations to Peter Hotez, MD, PhD, the recipient of IDSA's 2023 Anthony Fauci Courage and Leadership Award. Dr. Hotez's exemplary career has been rooted in speaking scientific truth, perseverance in the face of opposition, and serving as a change agent for the most vulnerable patients around the world. Congratulations, Dr. Peter Hotez. This is that weird-looking doctor that uh, was invited to debate Robert Kennedy. Junior, yeah, yeah, and he is. What one else of the, is he famous for? What other shenanigans? He's one of the most hypocritical vaccine COVID shills you could imagine. In fact, one of the leading comments on that post is him just saying things like, "The vaccine is safe and effective. The vaccine is not safe and effective. The vaccine is one hundred percent safe and effective. The vaccine is forty percent safe and effective." And he just profited off of all of this. So they they, they have like a montage of him saying all these things, right? And they they've just he's it's been proven that he's uh, it's been he's, proven he's, that he looks like a Simpsons character, right? And it's been proven that he's financially benefited from this. We're not linking to this news, by the way. If you want to find it, you can go Google it up yourself. For adolescents to get their two doses of vaccine and fully immunized after those two doses. Advanced technology that can help save lives. This is going to be a long-lasting vaccine. A long-lasting vaccine. A few moments later. We're seeing that two doses is not holding up well for emergency room visits. It's not holding up well for hospitalizations. Here we go again. Everyone's going to need a booster. You need that third immunization. Triple Anyway, you get the idea. They've got it spliced in with, as you heard, the Billy Mays, you know. Yeah. But wait, there's more. There's more. Simpsons. And, but I just like, uh, the name of the award is fantastic. The Anthony Fauci Courage and Leadership Award. They named a, an award after me. I'm so flattered. Why didn't I get the Anthony Fauci Leaders, Courage and Leadership Award? I'm Anthony Fauci. Shouldn't I get my own award? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Fauci voice is back. The clown world continues to spin. Uh, it's like we live in a video game or something, or like a post uh, pre-apocalyptic or or cataclysmic focused B movie. Right, you know, right? What t- give us the definition of A versus B movies? Since you're familiar with film, what's the? Uh, are there C movies? <laughs> Because we probably. might be living in a C movie. I think a a, a B movie is generally speaking, it's a lower budget. B maybe, for budget. Maybe maybe not, maybe not the best talent involved, A list talent maybe. But some of the B movies out there are quite good, in in maybe in unintentional ways. For example, for example, it always it always helps to have examples, right? Yeah, please. Anything from Steven Seagal. <laughs> Quite good. Well, it's good for all the wrong reasons. Okay. They're so bad. Is it if it's Steven Seagal, is it automatically a B movie? Yeah, maybe B minus. B minus. <laughs> there's uh there's whole YouTube channels dedicated to reacting and reviewing Steven Seagal movies. My my one of my favorite aspects of those movies 
they're quite formulaic, right? Steven Seagal is always the bad A. He gets the girl. There's always an awkward, you know, love scene. Some sort of military commander or martial arts specialist. <laughs> right. And the best is when, you know, Steven Seagal has gotten to be pretty big. Like, uh, I mean, like he's put on a lot of weight. Not that he's a, not that <laughs> like he's a household name. Although he Under is a household siege, name. Above the law, hard to kill, out for justice, marked for death. Under siege two, dark territory, exit wounds, fire down below. Sounds like it might be also an adult movie. On Deadly Ground, Half Past Dead, Executive Decision. I've seen that one. The, the, the movie titles That's a are, Kurt Russell movie. The, movies, the movie titles are legendary. In fact, me and a friend once, via text, had like an entire conversation just using Steven Seagal titles, uh, movie titles. But the, one of the best parts about these movies is you'll see him... The Glimmer Man. You'll see fairly big... Steven Seagal like waddling down a a hallway and then the keeper it'll cut to a stunt double who's a hundred pounds lighter doing like doing the uh, the martial arts and it's like you're not even trying (laughs) and then he'll deliver his lines something like this never mess urban justice with a, a man and his nunchucks or else you're going to get a big dose of urban justice. Roll the credits. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's some amazing channels out there that YouTubers that, you know, movie reviewers and stuff, and they just have a heyday with Steven Seagal, as they should. <laughs> Maybe we can give Steven Seagal the Anthony Fauci Courage and Movie Making Leadership Award. Anyway, congratulations to Gremlin Hotez for his ridiculous award. Speaking of Gremlins, we watched that with the family thinking it was a Halloween movie. Yeah. By the way, it's not. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah, I was going to say, doesn't it take place at Christmas time? Yeah. Kind of like Die Hard. Yeah. Also a Christmas movie. Yeah, that's another internet debate. So what what are some good Halloween movies that are not like... Yucky slasher um, horror movies. Well, you've got The Nightmare Before Christmas. That's a great Halloween movie. You like that one? Uh, I do. I do. I think it's uh, creatively, it's pretty cool. I mean, you got to like Tim Burton. Yeah, it's just... Uh, and Danny Elfman. This is it's Halloween. a little morbid. This is Halloween. Halloween. Everybody's dead. Halloween. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that. Um. What else? Halloween movies. Obviously, you've got all the thrillers. The the uh, what do they call those? The horror movies. I've never. Okay, been, I wanna, let's not talk about those. I've never been into those, and I don't really care about them. Halloween movies. The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I know there's some things I'm not even thinking about that are really obvious. Am I gonna have e- to ask e- Google e. here? Is E.T. a Halloween movie? They go trick or treating. Right. How about Karate Kid? There's a, There's great, a Halloween scene in Karate Kid. a great Halloween scene where he dresses as the shower. Yeah. And the Cobra and the Kai. Guys are skeletons. When I was a kid, I always wanted that Cobra Kai skeleton costume. I thought it looked so cool. Yeah. I'm like, that's guys awesome. Were tough. I want and a motorcycle. That. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've accomplished one of my goals. Okay. Tell, t- do you want to tell the audience? Well, or I should I, keep that a secret. I got a motorcycle. What's considered a motorcycle? Any sort of a cycle with a motor or? Well, that's a good question nowadays. With all of the elect- electric bicycles. Mm-hmm. And there's different classifications of those. I won't bore you with those, but I had to know them when I sold bicycles at a bicycle shop. Something I used to do. Uh, but anything that doesn't, you can't pedal, it has a, is a motorbike classification. So if you, if you can pedal it, but it has a motor, that's not a motorbike. Yeah, it's classified as a bicycle, but it, but because the motor it can't it can't have a throttle, it can only have pedal assist. So the motor can only be activated if you're pedaling the bike. Now there's some that have both. Mm. There's a lot of popular hunting bikes that you can pedal assist or you can twist a throttle. So I've been looking at these electric bikes as they zoom by me on the you know the road street or whatever. The I have good. Path. I have good on th- a good. I have it on good authority that you test rode one. I have, yeah. All right. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) 
uh, but some of these ones with pedals and stuff, <laughs> they have such big fat tires. I'm wondering, you know, and how heavy they are. They're, like if you had to go up a hill pedaling one of those, like if your battery died, is that the idea that you can pedal it, you can move under power without the motor or? It depends. Like you can get ones that are fairly lightweight, maybe under 70 pounds. Yeah. Which from a, for a bicycle standard, that's extremely heavy. heavy. Yeah. These bigger ones with the big tires, they can weigh a hundred pounds and they're, they're tough to pedal up a hill without the assistance. Probably tough to pedal on this flat <laughs> They can street. be. They can be. Um, but they're designed for, you know, hunting and off-road access type stuff. They're quiet. So, you know, you don't have a motor on them, you know, a, a gas motor. Do you remember the old uh, Segway, you know, where you would just stand up and hang on? To, it's kind of like a sideways scooter almost. Yeah. Paul Blart. Yeah, mall cop. Mm-hmm. What happened to that? That was supposed to revolutionize the world. Yeah, I think they're just too too dorky. Are they too dorky? <laughs> Segway- Have you ever ridden one? They're kind of cool. <laughs> no, I haven't. I've ridden a Segway X260. Well, that's like a b- bike though, right? Yeah. Like a so motorcycle. So yeah, that's I think yeah, that's the one I rode. And and those are made by actually a company called Surron who which owns Segway. Yeah. But I've it never had a Segway logo on it. I've never ridden those uh, traditional Segways. I did hear a sad story a few years ago where the owner or the CEO of Segway was riding one of those, those two wheeled stand up ones, and like crashed and died. Really? And I was like, that's wow. Fell off a mountain or something on one, or a cliff, a beachside cliff. I don't know. We could probably Google it. By the way, this is the Mind Virus Show, obviously. Today's Tuesday, October 17th. We, we're a little bit delayed in our recording schedule, but it shouldn't delay the posting schedule too much. I was busy yesterday, and I kept pushing our recording time back until I pushed it back till today. Right. He was busy motorbiking. Well... We had had some plans, and then the plans kept getting delayed. Yeah. But all's well that ends well. Oh, yeah. It's all good. But, yeah, it's uh, Tuesday, October 17th. I'm Bobby Flood. I'm Jordan Bruno, normally, and uh, Mondays. But what are we talking about today? You know, I'm just looking for some sort of a topic. I'm going to load up Zero Hedge, see if there's any news here. Um, I've been trying to follow the... You know the Israeli-Palestinian be, war. I've been trying there. to follow that. It's seems like it's escalating quickly. Is it? The U.S. is sending troops. The uh, uh, Iran has made threats. It just seems like everybody was like, you know what? We tried with Ukraine. It didn't work. Let's go to the old standby and let's let's uh, throw gasoline in a match on the Middle East. Yeah. Before we get to the uh, fires lighting in the Middle East. Uh, Babylon B's headline is ripped from the headlines. Terrifying haunted house just displays current gas and grocery prices along dark, <laughs> creepy hallways. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the new, the current news. I saw a headline. This was a real headline. I think it was something from Kamala Harris, our, uh, articulate vice president. She said something like other than gas, groceries, and rent inflation is not affecting Americans. Cash, groceries, and rent. It's like, well, what? What else is what there? What else is there, Kamala? <laughs> you know the the, uh, the 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 price of the the price of uh, Nintendo sixty fours has remained steady. <laughs> mm. And then John Fetterman, you remember him? Now now's a good time to buy guns and ammo. I mean, those prices. Have- Kind of settled. Right. John Fetterman uh, appointed as senator in Pennsylvania? Well, he won an election. Oh, did he win the election? Dr. Oz. Remember? So he was appointed senator. Right. And then he disappeared for a while, and now his appearance is really inconsistent. This but is the guy that wears uh, hoodies mm-hmm. and shorts yeah, to yeah. like formal functions. Dresses like a teenager. Mm-hmm. And he's Saturday had a stroke morning. or something. He's just not all there. He was on one of those, one of those talk shows, those night, those nightly bobblehead shows. 
And yeah. he said, you know, America is, America is not sending its best and brightest to Washington. You might have noticed. It's like, yeah, we did, John Fetterman. We noticed. He said that. Yeah. And sometimes I... I did he say it without struggling? He, it wasn't self, he wasn't self-deprecating, uh, uh, self-defecating. Mm. He was saying it, trying to take a dig, I think, at like Republicans. And it's like, sometimes I have to sit back and I just think, the simulation is broken. Like, it's so broken. We live in, we live in Grand Theft Auto world. We live in, in, you know, free guy town. You I'm just know, reading just, some of the headlines here on Babylon B, and I do think it is a crazy world because these, these headlines are not really, I mean, they're too logical. For example, Texans strangely unconcerned about global day of jihad, <laughs> <laughs> which, which makes some sense. And, and, <laughs> And which was a thing, right? They called right. For there a, was a somebody called for a global day of jihad. One of the Hamas leaders, right? There, I, mm. I don't know if they were echoed throughout the. You know what? What I've noticed is that um, not that I speak some of these Middle Eastern languages, but I've done a little bit of research on it. You'll get the the shock translation, and then you'll get more of a rational translation sometimes right, on this right. stuff. Like there, cool. it'll be like. Um, uh, the Iranians, the leader of Iran will, will say something like, we're going to uh, wipe Israel off the map. And then you find out later that it was better translated as um, clear them from the pages of, of history or right, something. Right. Or we're going, we're going to forget them on the page of history or something like that. And uh, so sometimes there can be a little bit of extra well, vitriol communicated. The propaganda is so strong, especially when it comes to Israel and Palestine. I mean, in the United States, if you aren't a staunch supporter of Israel, then you are a jihad terrorist. Speaking of two of those people, here are two more Babylon Bee headlines. Lindsey Graham calls on the United States to bomb every country in the world. <laughs> are you sure that's that Babylon? That is actually accurate. <laughs> And then Ilan Omar wakes up early to see what presents she got for a global day of jihad. <laughs> <laughs> it's too, oh, tr it's too true. I love the Babylon it's Bee because true. no topic is off limits. And there's no such thing for them as too soon. Right. Rashida Tlaib. Tlaib? Rashida Tlaib. Who's she? T-L-A-I-B. She's another one of those... Uh, uh, Congress urchins, those... Uh, Here's the, the headline. The, the squad. Rashida, Rashida urges nation to resist commercialization of Day of Jihad <laughs> and remember the true spirit of the holiday. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are so tapped in. And the, and the next one is nine reasons to just let the government raise your kids. Right. <laughs> Um, and here's a good one for you. Baseball changes the rules to be less like baseball, so more <laughs> people will watch baseball. <laughs> hey, I like baseball. I know, I know, I know. Although uh, this, here's a little, uh, you know, in some inside baseball for you. The top five teams in the major league regular season, which I remind you consists of 162 games. So the best teams in the league. And you can't accidentally be one of the best teams in the league in a 162-game season, right? But the top five teams went 1-12 in the playoffs and are all eliminated in their series. So those five teams... So they only won one game all f out of all five well, teams? One team won one game. The Atlanta Braves won one game in their series against the Philadelphia Phillies before being eliminated. The Dodgers, the... Brewers, the uh, Orioles, and I don't remember who the other two were, but they all got swept. Hmm. Like well, Billy, let's have a moment like of the, silence like, for them. Like Billy Bean, the uh, GM of the Oakland A's, who is played by Brad Pitt in the movie Moneyball. Like Billy Bean used to say, 
The playoffs are a crapshoot. Other uh, favorite baseball movies. Baseball has some great movies. Field of Dreams, I'm just going to throw out there because we've talked about it before. Yeah. That's a great show. Field of Dreams, Sandlot, The Natural, um, uh, the Kevin Costner. Bull Durham. <laughs> a Bull Durham. <laughs> Yeah, if you don't want to watch if you don't want to watch Halloween movies this Halloween, consider some baseball movies. They are not as boring <laughs> as baseball. Um, Bull Durham with Kevin Costner. There's also the Kevin Costner baseball film um, with John C. Riley. That's called what is that one called? Where he's the old pitcher for the Detroit Tigers. Um, hmm. I guess I'll look at it. There's up. the rookie with uh, Dennis Quaid. Yeah, that's based on a true story. I thought it was based on the movie with Kevin Costner. <laughs> um, but yeah, lots of great, lots of great sports movies in general. The Angels in the Outfield. Well, is that a baseball movie? There's no crying in baseball. Yeah, that's um, League of Their Own. With Tom what did Hanks. I call it? Angels in the Outfield. Angels in the Outfield is a baseball movie, but the one you're thinking of is, is called League, League of, of Their, Their Own. Own. Tom Hanks, Gina Davis. The one I was thinking about, Kevin Costner, is called For the Love of the Game. Are we going to talk about the... Uh, we got to talk about the eclipse, right? Well, I got to... Oh, Angels in the Outfield is about a kid who prays that the angels will win the pennant. It's a Disney show. And then angels, literal angels, help them win. Really? Yeah. Oh, you know another good baseball movie? Brewster's Millions. Is that a baseball they, movie? No, they, well, they have baseball in it. How about the Bad News Bears? <laughs> Classic. <laughs> um, okay, so the eclipse. Yeah, so I, uh, was, was the eclipse the same day as the Global Day of Jihad? <laughs> No, I think it was the day after. Oh. I think that was the problem. They coordinated it wrong. <laughs> so now, the, 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 <laughs> let's, let's, let's back off of the global day of jihad. From my understanding was that it was to start the jihad on Friday. So don't, don't expect that it's over. Okay, mm -hmm. just because nothing happened. I don't, this, uh, the latest on the Israeli-Hamas war is that Israel is delaying just going in and bulldozing the entire Gaza Strip because they're worried about Hezbollah attacking them from the north. Like that's been that's mm -hmm. something they put out in the media. So, who, why, and why now? Right. Right. Uh, why would they? Why would they do that? Why? Why aren't they just going in? Well, and why wouldn't? Why would they go in as on a ground offensive when they could just bomb the crap out of it? I'm not saying that's what they should do. Yeah, but that's because they have the reason that the. Um, invaders took all the prisoners the hostages was mm -hmm. so that they yeah could avoid that i think but they've already bombed the crap out of it and probably killed a lot of hostages at this point it's like well i don't know i mean there's yeah. always a narrative or rationale right. that you have to i find it a little interesting that egypt and jordan are saying no palestinian gazans are allowed to cross the border into our countries I thought they were like brothers in arms or something, but no, maybe they don't want to get stuck with uh, another war. There's the whole uh, we're going to go after these terrorists and any nation that harbors them. Yeah, well, you're That's either the with Bush them doctrine. or you're against them. Yeah, it's the Bush doctrine. And in this case, I don't know if you can call them terrorists because this was like an invading force, right? This was like a these are like soldier type of things. Although they did take hostages, right? And they did target civilian targets right like the concert well in their in their case though i mean they would argue that israelis have been targeting them as civilian targets for the last many years right i think Again, it's, the, the, it's unfortunate that you have to throw out the disclaimers but there is not a good side here well and it's still remarkable to me that the border i've seen like gopro videos of the hamas fighters just literally riding motorcycles and on foot going over the border the, this isn't like the u.s mexico border in some remote no, we're corner talking about of one of the most heavily Arizona. fortified borders it's, in the world it is the most fortified border in the world i would venture especially that that one with gaza so we're and thinking there was a stand down is what we're saying i, I think so i don't know how you 
I don't know how they, uh, they, they do what they did otherwise. Israel evacuates residents of 28 towns near Lebanese border as Hezbollah attacks, Hezbollah attacks increase. So it looks like there is a, a, a bit of inevitability. Right. I got to go to the Lebanese border. Yeah. When I was in Israel, it was a, according to our guide, he said, it, this is a new thing and uh, it's rare, but we got to go right up to the, there was a little town on the Israeli side. It was actually a nice little place. It had some food, what we would call food trucks, <laughs> uh-huh. but they were more like food carts, but we had some really good food mm-hmm. and there was this nice view of this canyon and mountain mm-hmm. and, and of course, guard towers and a fence and armed people everywhere, and then we could see into Lebanon. Mm-hmm. And I think that very area now is probably <coughs> evacuated and, uh, uh, you know, a war zone. Yeah. Considering the history of Israel, I, I find it odd that they have gun control over there. Like, I was reading an article this morning on Survival Blog, and the guy was explaining, you know, his, his wife had a had a lot of experience uh, in humanitarian service over there, and he was explaining some of their rules. Basically, in general, Israelis are allowed one firearm and 50 rounds of ammunition. So most of them have a handgun, or the ones that do, like it's less than 20% of the population, have a handgun with very little ammunition. Hmm. Some of the kibbutzes have uh, more I wonder if stock. Like they'll have like a security force. I wonder if that's because the military is so present. You walk around Jerusalem and there's there's patrols of active military with all kinds of weapons. Well, his everywhere. He, this guy was flabber. This guy, of course, is a James Rawls. He's a, a, a active Second Amendment, uh, you know, promoter, mm-hmm. and. He just wondered aloud multiple times how how a people who had uh, been disarmed and then put into camps and killed in what historians call the Holocaust en masse could ever allow themselves to be disarmed again by a government. You know, I think if if you're a, a, a Jew that survived the Holocaust or a gypsy or Pole or whoever, right. wouldn't you uh, vote for and uh, push for, if that were in your, even if it were in your family history, wouldn't you be pushing for uh, avoiding any restrictions on owning any sort of military armament? Like, like I need to have a, an armored personnel carrier in my garage and that's my <laughs> right, right as a, as a human being to protect well, myself at any level I want. These, this unfortunate, again, assuming what we get fed by the news is accurate. You have this kibbutz overrun and I, I've been to Israel twice, and the, and the first trip was more of a working trip back in that different career I had. But we stayed at a kibbutz, and it was, it was pretty cool. But they had some light security, right? Mm-hmm. And you could see like it, the, the need for maybe you know, having everybody in there be armed so you could defend your home. But uh, the same applies here. Everybody has the right to defend themselves. I mean, that's just an inherent right that everybody, like if I came at you right now, I mean, you wouldn't stand a chance, but you- I don't you know, would. I have this uh, <laughs> strap that I, from the power supply. I have this microphone. Uh, I have this cell phone. Um, <laughs> but, a chair. But if somebody, comes, a chair. if somebody comes at you, it doesn't matter why they're coming at you. If someone attacks you with a basket of fresh strawberries, <laughs> you, have you ever seen that one, Monty uh, Python? <laughs> but you can attack. Here's what to do. You can retaliate with, uh, you know, an apple. I think they just shoot him in Monty Python. Yeah, that well, that works. But you, you, yeah, everyone has the right, the God-given right, to defend themselves. However, governments have been well, steadily reducing your ability to do so. Well, they've been taking away all of your God-given rights. Yeah. Speaking of uh, God-given governments, uh, Yacinda Ardern, she, uh, she's resigned, right? And her successor was ousted via election. And New Zealand has elected a far more conservative government. Conservative meaning anti-lockdown 
Perhaps. I mean, I, I don't know, but right. I saw that news. I guess the. I was wondering how you felt. Well, I wondered I, how you felt about it. I was upset because I now I don't know who my single source of truth is supposed to be. Is it is it still the New Zealand government or is it Yasinda Ardern? <laughs> <laughs> Where is she now? What's she doing? She's probably she's, running running for uh, vice president of the United States she's or something. Basking in the financial glory of uh, being a WEF stooge. Huh. She has something to do with Harvard now. How much does that pay? Probably well. Probably 50 to 60 rubles um, an hour. An hour? I don't know what that is. I don't know. <laughs> maybe there's yen. Maybe it's Juan. Yuan. Maybe it's pesos. Maybe it's dollars. Maybe it's just... Remnimbi? Does Maybe WF, w, the WEF... Maybe they have like a, a loyalty program. And you, Secret currency. You just get paid in, uh, in WEF coin. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Well, anyway, we've had, a, we've had a week to think about this uh, attack on mm-hmm. Israel mm-hmm. and then the, the offensive, the counteroffensive. As we discussed, it was likely Israel has reacted very strongly. Some people might say overreacted. Others might say no, but the response was predictable. You're now seeing Russia and China sort of denouncing Israel. Mm-hmm. The, lines, the lines are being drawn, and I think that was our, our point, is that this is forcing everyone in the world to pick a side. Mm-hmm. So Iran, of course, has... Uh, condemned Israel and with Russia and China making the rhetorical statements that they have made, it's clear where their alliances are. And geographically, it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. There, there are some countries over there like Ukraine and uh, Armenia, I think, that are going to just get swallowed up in the reality that they're too close to that block. Right. E- we can call it the Eastern Bloc. And then the in the West, the countries here in the West are going to get swallowed up in the Western Bloc, except for like maybe Cuba, because <laughs> it's an island and everybody's learned to live without Cuba. Right. And Cubans have learned to live without. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. Without anything. Without anything. Yeah. So... <clears throat> So it looks like the lines are are being drawn. What are speaking, speaking of lines being drawn, the eclipse drew a line. Yeah, right across the United States. You keep bringing up the eclipse. What do you think? What do you think about all that? You, we, we, we you know we hang out. We actually hung out Saturday morning, watched mm-hmm. it for a minute. Mm-hmm. It was kind of cool. We we didn't see it in its full eclipse, right. which which uh, is not a total eclipse, but in its ring of fire, we only saw it make a, a very significant crescent out of the sun from where well, we're at. It, it's cool. It's a cool phenomenon. Sort of an eerie... Right. Cast uh, a strange shadow across the... Yeah. Is it a shadow or is it like they, like they turn down the volume of yeah. the sun, the yeah, intensity? It's like, it's, like, it's like it was Bill Gates' fantasy was to blot out blot the out sun. Blot out the sun. And, and for a few minutes, we got to do that. Maybe they're just saying that because they're, they're making a... Uh, foreboding symbolic statement like we need to blot out the sun so we're going to continue to take away light and knowledge mm-hmm. well yeah the ancients looked at that as a bad sign right the eclipse yeah Solar i think eclipses. so i think so for the most part it would be considered a bad sign well this was the this was the first half of an x that's being drawn across the united states right well <coughs> so i think in in 24 24- 14, there was a, an annular or ring of fire eclipse, which we saw it crossed over Utah. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't, uh, apparently, you know, I ran into Dimitri mm-hmm. over the weekend and he was arguing with me about the, the, um, regularity of solar eclipses. And he said something like, well, uh, Jordan, uh, these eclipses are not as rare as you, you portray on the podcast. <laughs> and, I, and I said, oh, I think they're kind of rare, you know. They don't happen that often. Anyway, we, he was saying, well, they, they, they happen many times a year. And I'm like, no, they never happen, hardly ever. Actually, that's not, that was not my voice. I said, no, they never, 
They hardly ever happen. And he's like, no, all, all the time. They're happening all the time, every week even. Somewhere on the, uh, on the earth, they are happening. And uh, that's more my uh, Slavic version of Dimitri, <laughs> not my Russian version. Anyway, uh, I may be miss... I'm, Dimitri, if you're out there, I may be slightly exaggerating your point of view, but that's what we do when you're not present on the podcast. Um, we determined searching the internet that somewhere on the planet there's a solar eclipse every 18 months on average which means that for people to see them is kind of rare because mostly they're happening over the pacific ocean or you know where where nobody's going to see them mm-hmm. but uh if if you look it up i think it's uh i guess we'll have to find a link to it what was it uh it's the the website is greatamericaneclipse.com. I think that's a that's a really good site to visit. It has some video that shows the path of these eclipses. Um, it is unusual to have that many to to have visible solar eclipses in America on the continental United States as often as we have had them this last ten years because we've got the one is either 2012 or 2014 ish. Then there, that that one was uh, visible from southern Utah, in it in its full ring of fire effect. I think they call that an annular eclipse. And then we had in 2017 the total eclipse, which we had to drive up to Idaho to see. Then um, we've got this second annular eclipse in roughly 10 years, and then next year in April you'll get a total eclipse going from Mexico up through the northeast. So it is unusual to have that many eclipses occurring in that short time period. I think the next eclipse is in like uh another 10 or 20 years after that, the one that'll the next one that'll be visible from the United States. So we have had a very tight eclipse pattern over the last several years. And you know, you can argue that since the last total eclipse, all hell has really broken loose in the United States. You know, it was 2017, Trump was inaugurated. In August of that year, you had the the total eclipse. And by about that time, discourse in America had devolved to, a, uh, uh, you know, on television mm-hmm. amongst the people who were supposed <clears throat> to have a more polite, <laughs> stabilizing influence on society. <laughs> they had reduced America to essentially a Jerry Springer show. Right. And they, they were leading the charge with the way they were handling national politics and of course within months they were accusing donald trump of everything that it seems clear that the biden crime family is guilty of including starting world war three right impeaching him multiple times by the end of his presidency uh cutting him off of all uh, any ability to to address the nation to speak on twitter to, to you know they basically just shut the guy down uh, for crimes that apparently the other side is guilty of. Right. I mean, it seems pretty clear. (laughs) I I mean, if if you're disagreeing with the mind virus show right now, uh, you know, come on, man. (laughs) Well, yeah, I, uh, the, and the eclipse next year will cross the, uh, the United States from like a Southwest to Northeast pattern. This one went northwest to southeast, so you're getting a big X. Very unusual to see. Drawn across the United States. Yeah, to to see these in such quick succession. You make of that what you will. Well, you either get an X with the total eclipses. It X's right in about southern, southeastern, southwestern Illinois, southeastern Missouri. Or you get, uh, if you include the one from, um, you know, last week, you get sort of an anarchy A. <laughs> you right. get a, right. an A for anarchy. Or it's, maybe it's an A for America. Mm, maybe. Maybe. And make of that what you will. Traditionally yeah, bad omens in, this, in the heavens. Yeah. Making an X across a declining empire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a time to be alive. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, well, um, no, I've been thinking a lot about about this in the last few days for some reason. I think it was because 
I had heard from one of the young people that I know pretty well that they were having a hard time getting money with their employment situation. Mm-hmm. You know, they they had um, in college had a pretty good job that paid well with tips that they were had gone back to to supplement whatever and uh the statement was that well people aren't tipping as good and it's it's uh, you know income is down for all of the servers all the people at this particular mm-hmm. restaurant that they were mm-hmm. they were at and it was in an area that was re- reasonably aff- affluent aff- uh, affluent affluent is the word aff- affluent affluent and then uh, this particular person had also had another job that their employer, you know, more manual labor where the employer hadn't paid them yet. And it was a little weird. It's like, okay, is everybody, are we, are we experiencing like a slow motion 2008 here where people are stopping paying and, and it's sort of a musical chairs who's Probably. the last one holding the bag? Yeah, I mean, we've been living off of printed money for a while have you have you heard any rumblings like this from you know like a Uh, slowdown in the in the velocity of money slowdown in the you know people spending habits i'm reading about that like credit card companies are seeing that people are slowing down their spending people are but do you know people do you like have you have you personally witnessed no but i don't tend to after you splurged on a motorcycle um it was used (laughs) <laughs> I don't tend to didn't look very well used but keep going talk to the neighbors about their finances so you haven't heard from any but, of these kids you know or but I do know because you should start to hear I know, you should start to hear I, about it yeah, out, out of like just asking I know for it. like people, oh so and so lost their job or or thus and such kid couldn't do this because XYZ or, I know people are sick and tired of like the iPad tip buttons that are like start at 20% at the restaurant. They're like, would you like to make, or anywhere? It's like, well, I know we're not, going, there and we're not going to the restaurant here's very the tip, often. Tip, but you can tip either 20%, 60%, or 150%. Right, right. Well, yeah, it but, used to be 10% was a good tip. Where is that? Yeah, yeah that's, now that's an insult. I and guess. it's a percentage. It's, this is not a, right. This isn't your income taxes. This is supposed <laughs> to be like a percentage that applies. Right. Fortunately, realtors right now are still only charging about 6%, right? I don't know. I haven't tried to sell a house or buy a house. Maybe they have a sliding scale. Like, you're selling that for a million dollars? We want half. 20%, 60%, or you can just give us the house (laughs) as a tip. (laughs) But, I mean, going out to dinner is, uh, especially if you have more than a kid, it's... it's, uh, really expensive even even the so-called cheap places you know you used to go to taco bell and you could feed the whole neighborhood for 78 cents <laughs> you know the rice and beans were cheap now it's 5.99 for a burrito it's like all right get our two for 19.99 burrito special <laughs> <laughs> for burritos like uh, you go to beto's which is a uh, is beto's just a utah thing i don't know it's a Mexican restaurant chain, at least here in Utah, and they give you a big burrito, but it's eleven dollars. Eleven dollars. Eleven bucks. What does it cost to go to like Costa Vida these days or Cafe Rio? Yeah, same thing. Probably ten, ten, twelve dollars for a burrito. I don't go. I mean, we try to eat out a lot less, and if we do, we you know we have to like. We don't necessarily get everybody get a combo meal anymore, right? It's like, well, we'll order your sandwich or your burrito, and then we'll grab some one order of fries, and we can share it. Or and we'll get we got drinks at home, and <laughs> but uh, it's not a good time to be, uh, you know, an American. <laughs> well, planet Earth is having a rough time, isn't it? <laughs> it's true. The simulation is broken. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm seeing a lot of Betos in Utah, but I'm not like I'm trying to search this area on uh 
Reno. You got to be hungry if you're going to go to Beto's. There's Beto's in Reno. Let's see if there's a Beto's in LA. You got to be hungry and you probably need to be within uh, Beto's Tires. You got to be Beto's with, Italian Bistro. Within about five. Beto's Bakery and Cafe. I think Beto is not necessarily just a taco place. You're going to go to Beto's. You got to be hungry and you got to be within about five to 10 paces of a bathroom. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's going it's to it's it's have an effect. It's a heavy-duty commitment. Well, yeah, this tipping thing, though, that's a problem. I mean, people, people do things out of politeness. You know, people, at least in America, we behave politely a lot. And not that we're very polite, but... The, but we just, the, we're conflict avoiders in some right so so i think that that might backfire on these restaurants it's like i don't want to go to beto's because they want me to they want to guilt me into a 20 percent tip Mm -hmm. after charging me 11.50 for for a burrito burrito that costs 65 cents right although the rice is getting more expensive too by the way there was like some sort of a uh famine or shortage of rice or some i'm sure that was ex- totally were, organic ex- export controls was that what happened it was export controls i mean i'm sure the pri- the rise in the price of eggs had nothing to do with slaughtering 10 bajillion chickens because of the uh, bird flu in april cnbc reported the global rice shortage is set to be the biggest in 20 years mm-hmm. and i'm sure that's organic totally yeah, organic prices are expected to rise <clears throat> to rice to rice. Mm-hmm. And rice is one of those things that's really traditionally really cheap. You can get a five pound bag for seven cents. Yeah. So are you, are you the type that would normally uh, just go out and not worry about being bombarded with invitations to tip? Or would it be like, you know, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not interested in going to so-and-so's restaurant because they're going to ask me for a big tip, but I don't want to pay that. If I go to a restaurant that, where you traditionally leave a tip, or like a sit-down place where you are waited on. You're okay that they're asking for 25%? Well, no, but those places you can still generally just write in your own tip. It's these places like that you wouldn't normally tip at that are like they flip that iPad in your face and it's like... Are you talking about the stand-in-line? Yeah. While like, they I'm not going to tip. Your, I'm not going to... It's I'm, the Subway. I'm not tipping Subway. I'm not going to Subway at all. But, but it's the Subway uh, mechanism, right? Right. Where somebody's making your sandwich behind the counter. Right. Like... Like Cafe Rio. Right. I, Zao Asian Cafe. Why would I tip that? Like, you're there getting paid a wage. Right, there's no waiter or waitress. Right. You're not, you're not making my experience, you know, enjoyable. You're just assembling something with ingredients that are right in front of you i'm surprised we haven't got like a do-it-yourself cafe reel where you were the that's called um <laughs> that's called golden corral or <laughs> right chuckarama however they do have people in there that want tips right and those are those buffet. buffets those all you can eat buffets see like cafe Rio is not all you can eat yeah but Oh, so you're saying just go through the line once? You go through the, the assembly line. That's like the temple cafeteria. And, and then you pay. Do they ask for a tip at the temple cafeteria? No, because those are all closed. They closed those for COVID, didn't they? They closed them permanently. They're gone. For COVID? Well, I think that was the original, but they've, they've, they've been repurposed. They're no longer included par- uh, new temples. They're gone forever. There's no more dinner in a movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, those are. Of that that was another. Um, I was too cheap to to rent the clothes or buy the. Food. Another change from the current administration. I guess there's no more ritual meal at the temple, is there? Right. But yeah, same idea, right? You go through you. That's like the Yellowstone cafeteria. You go through and you load up your tray. That'll be eighty-eight seventy-four, please. Eighty-eight seventy-four. It's a. It's a juice box and a hoagie. Where they weigh it. Yeah. Like the yogurt places. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to tip those places. I have no problem tipping, you know, more traditional, like I'll tip the barber or like the, the waiter. Why do you tip the barber? That's one thing I could never figure out. Well, you know, they treat you right. Don't they, aren't they supposed to do that just so that you'll come in and. Yeah, pay, yeah. Pay for the haircut. Right. 
I could never understand tipping <clears throat> the tipping the barber. I guess it's just a uh, tradition. Propaganda and tradition. Yeah. It's interesting. We were over in uh, England, as we pointed out a few episodes ago, and they don't tip over there. Mm-hmm. It's just included. Like they, right. you don't get a choice. They just have decided in their socialist way how much everybody gets to receive as a tip. You see that here at restaurants where it's like automatic 25% gratuity for parties of eight or more. Sure, they're, and the, now it's like seven or more or six or more, right? Now it's just it for six or automatic. More. Automatic gratuity. Well, that's just a tax. Yeah. It's not gratuity anymore. What was the point of a tip in the first place? I think it was probably just to say, hey, you, we thought you, did, you went above and beyond what's expected. I, I would like to find out if anybody out there really has withheld a tip or you know, scaled the tip way down for poor service. Oh, yeah. It happens all the time. No, but for you, like, like any of our listeners, or are they too kind? It's like, I, if you really- Because it's expected. You have, really, you, have, you, have you, Mr. Flood, have you really dialed it way back <clears throat> or not given a tip because you were upset with how somebody treated you? I, I was involved in an experience. I'll give you the short version. We were in Moab, so me and some friends. This was years and years ago. And we went to a restaurant. Moab's is a little-known town in Utah, if you're We went to a restaurant, curious. and uh, one of the guys with us ordered something, and when it came out, it was, like, really skimpy. And he was like, oh, I, he, he asked the server something, and she just says, oh, was it a little smaller than you thought? And he said, well, yeah, I, yeah, I thought this would be an, you know, an adult-sized meal. <laughs> and she was kind of snarky about it. <laughs> and so when it came time to tip oh is this a little smaller he than gave you her thought? like a dollar and he's and he wrote a little smaller than you thought <laughs> you know he wrote on the receipt but uh, i've also heard stories of people tipping generously i think if you, if you really think about it does the person or the people that help you out when you go to Chili's or applebee's or whatever do they really earn extra money most of the time they're kind of just they're just sort of there right what can I get for you? What do you mean by do they earn extra money? Well, do they actually earn a tip? Do they go above and beyond what's expected? I mean, how, well, the, how many times do you sit there and think, the and they, they haven't been here the, for 15 minutes. We've all got empty drinks. Yeah, the problem with the restaurant napkins. industry is that they are not required to pay minimum wage because right. tips are expected. So, right. so that's how they how those servers right. do get paid. The busboys are a little different, but they share in the tips and then the people right. in the back but that's the don't thing, get like, the tips, right? What, and what I'm saying is we, we tip because of tradition, but how often does, does someone really earn it? That's, you know, up your mileage may vary. Yeah, this is kind of similar to the whole medical insurance industry. This is... Uh, it became the idea that it became expected, right? That mm -hmm. you're going to get that as a benefit of your insurance. Mm -hmm. Now nobody knows what any of it costs, right? Because and no because knows, of that snafu, no one knows why it covers it, all the things it covers, right? You because you allowed your employer to pay for it, or your because your grandparents allowed you, the employer to pay for it. Now nobody knows what anything <clears throat> costs in the medical industry, right? It's the only service where you go in there and you have no control. They could, they could bill you. Right. Uh, they could put you into slavery for the rest of your life for whatever you, you know, right. you go into the hospital and they're going to do something to you. And then you don't know what it costs until you, months later. Yeah. And you get a bill and you find out your insurance will cover 5% of it or something. Right. Which is what's, what's the point of insurance? It doesn't cover the... It's not yeah, right. Do, do what it's designed to do. Right, right. That is a very broken system. It's a cartel. Is tipping headed that way? I don't know. There's been a little pushback on tipping, especially as everything else has gotten so expensive. I think that these uh, young kids that are doing the serving and stuff, they have no power, no leverage. So well, I yeah. doubt that tipping will head the direction. It was like I couldn't. It, it, wasn't, it was pointless to take a stand with the high school girl at the counter who 
kicked me out for not for wearing, not wearing a, mask. a mask. It's yeah, like, it's you like know, I'm not going to be mad at her. <laughs> She's just... Yeah. You know, a, a place though where the tipping cartel does uh, exist is on like a tour. Mm, yeah. It's like, oh, we've your tips are included. Oh, how much am I tipping these people right. for whatever? Right. <laughs> well, what are we talking about today? It's almost already think, time to. I to think we're wrap gonna, it up. we got to wrap it up because uh, Mrs. Flood has. Uh, honeydew list or something i just got a text from i just got a text from the eye doctor that i missed an appointment really this morning today (laughs) you forgot about that you got to text me 20 minutes before 10 minutes before but oh well when did they text you last yesterday um maybe your your eyes don't look that bad what's the problem no it was just like a annual checkup oh you have that scheduled like you got to go in and go in, go in every year just yeah. to make sure you can still see. Well, no, it's the doctor who did the surgery on my eye wants to look at me now and again. And I had that surgery this, about ten years when ago, they replaced years ago. They replaced that one eye with the mechanical. It's like a Terminator eye. Terminator eye, yeah. I can, like right now, I can see. You know, your jacket is sixty-eight percent. You have like a polyester. Readout. Does it show me as a friend? Thirty percent lycra. Friend it says it says terminate. Uh, it says undetermined. <laughs> this is deplorable. <laughs> deplorable. So I have many labels. <laughs> bitter clinger. <laughs> bitter clinger. <laughs> Speaking of clinger, <clears throat> uh, underappreciated role on mash. Right. right. The Toledo mud hens. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I think today's episode is is uh, necessarily short for various reasons that we're not going to disclose, but uh, you got a few minutes to send us off with some words of wisdom. So come up with something good. Speaking words of wisdom. You know, I, I don't have much to say. I just am sort of sitting back watching the world unravel as we have for a while. And it seems like, I mean, it's it's remarkable how many people in the U.S. government on both you know the democrat and the republican side are just pounding the 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 drums of war they're just they just can't wait for the right to 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 engage in a world war they just can't wait it does seem that uh truth is vanishing and war is coming as predicted by mission impossible dead reckoning mm-hmm. but uh you know as we kind of try to triangulate what's going on out there um it does appear, in my opinion, our, our first thoughts were, I think, on the right, in the right direction, that maybe the, Isra- the high levels of the Israeli government stood down. That seems to be the consensus amongst most independent uh, I, researchers I, that I, I've read I don't read know how it could have been anything else, because it, they just waltzed across the border. I mean, they, they floated across the border with little paragliders. Like, it, I, I'm even of the mind, like, why uh, this music festival, is that a normal thing to happen so close to the Gaza border? That seemed like that would be a risky thing. Or was that part of the whole setup, too? I don't know. Like, right now, I, I, I don't know what to believe because it's so easy to fabricate a narrative around these types of things it's a good question how many music festivals had they previously held in that venue right. without a problem right right you don't know you know it's like <clears throat> the one of the unfortunate realities is that most large sporting events now and more, most venues in america are essentially uh, a turkey shoot for any mm-hmm. even a small organized group that would uh, even with even with the police presence or whatever, it would be pretty easy to inflict massive casualties on any uh, you know controlled crowd like you'd mm-hmm. see, say, like at a jazz game or a, mm-hmm. a a college football game or whatever. Because all of these stadiums have adopted uh, rules to disarm their right. their participants, and the same same with any concert, you know. So, you know, you've got a bunch of, and it used to be that they were all vaccinated too. So they're all dying off anyway. So uh, we, we've created a situation where it'd be like shooting fish in a barrel. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, I guess, um, we'll just sit back and continue to wait and watch and hopefully, uh, it's a slow motion apocalypse. Pre- hopefully we're somewhat prepared. It is, it is a slow motion apocalypse. <clears throat> I would say, I would say now is a good time to review kind of what your family does for keeping in touch in times of emergency, mm-hmm. first of all, mm-hmm. uh, for personal protection. You know, the, 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 I think what this, uh, you know, the, the, it wasn't just Israel, right? There was, a mass, there was a mass shooting in Belgium over the issue. There was a killing of like four or five police officers in Minneapolis recently. Mm-hmm. There been, uh, there's been some retribution killings, stabbings, so this isn't this isn't isolated. This may be this may be. Uh, it's like the concept of the flywheel. Uh, a flywheel is uh, a p- part of a, a a motor. Since we started out talking about motors, an engine like a steam engine or a, a diesel engine or something. You, you've got them on all your on your um, internal combustion engines. This is a big wheel that maintain some momentum as it gets going that's the the idea is it it takes a bit of energy to get it going which is why you have to have a battery with a lot of cold cranking amps right it mm-hmm. starts from nothing and it gets that thing moving but once once the flywheel starts moving it it has momentum it's harder to stop it's it's something that takes a while to stop and war is like a flywheel i think it takes it takes a bit of energy and in the case of World War, especially in an era of, uh, in this modern era where we have a lot of communication, the ability to work things out more quickly, it takes a lot of energy to get people to hate each other, to get the, the, um, the people complacent enough to, to get the weapons into the right hands of your enemies, <laughs> say $80 billion worth of equipment to Afghanistan, you know, uh, shipping arms all over the world. It takes a long time to get it going. And if it gets going, you know, heaven help us because that's a hard thing to stop once the momentum gets going. It seems like it's getting going. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. All right, everybody. Ooh. Thank you. Well, yep. Take some time. Let us know in the comments. We appreciate your comments. Uh, by the way, let's just, before we... Um, before we sign off here, I just want to give some shout outs to people who have recently commented. We had, uh, I watched the video TBM linked TBM sent us a little, uh, <laughs> kind of a, a horrifying comedy <laughs> type of, a right. A video. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, YouTube, deleted my post to Abbott and Costello's who's on first a couple of weeks ago. We did have TBM comment on Bruce R. McConkie, Whitaker. Some people did comment on our specific conference. We had Whitaker, TBM, and I play the radio and feeding the hungry checked in our first uh, t-shirt mm-hmm. winner. Um, points out that, uh, I am a child of God. The lyrics used to read, teach me all that I must know to live with him again someday rather than teach me all that I must do. That was an interesting point. That is an interesting point. uh, I think Spencer Kimball changed that. Well, we don't... uh, This will open up a whole other can we'll just leave people with, but we don't really focus as much on the acquisition of knowledge. I mean, that was a big point that Joseph Smith made over and over. Knowledge saves a man, he said. Nephi talks about knowledge, even greater knowledge. And uh, nowadays it's more about just what you do. Go go check those things off, do it over and over and over and over. Well, I think for our listeners, it's a given that uh, we realize the difficulty in obtaining truth in the world around us, even, you know, Every, everybody is biased by whatever their whatever media they're consuming, mm-hmm. and that includes, you know, people at church, people at school, people at work, whatever, family parties. We're all biased, right? So, 
You know, a good way to uh, obtain knowledge is to ask dumb questions. <laughs> <laughs> dumb, dumb questions of uh, of God. Is that what you're <laughs> saying? Any, you could anybody. ask you could ask God anything you want. You can, and He's promised not to uh, upbraideth you <laughs> to upbraideth, <laughs> upbraideth not. What does that mean? Well, it means to uh, scold or chastise. So there is one uh, uh, person that will accept your dumb questions. Right. If oh. any of you lack wisdom. That's where we are right now, I think. Don't pray about it. Don't ask dumb questions. Just take everybody around you's word for it. <laughs> Well, I well, think we'll leave. A little, little, we'll, uh, facetious. We'll, yeah, we'll leave everybody again where we have left them in the past. That yeah, we definitely need our Savior, and uh, now more than ever, we each individually have a desperate need to connect. So, um, well, so I'll pray for each other. I guess. Good idea. All right. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>